Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day. Somebody say, choose this day. Choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your father served in the region beyond the river of, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house. Somebody say, as for me and my house. As for me and my house. Joshua declares and says, we will serve the Lord people answered and said then the people answered far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods for it is the Lord our God who has brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we pass and the Lord drove out before us all the peoples the Amorites who lived in the land therefore we also will serve the Lord for he is our God amen in fact as you go to your seats just find two people give them a high five tell them neighbor you got to have roots and wings come on roots and wings so for the past few weeks uh, we have been in a series entitled Roots and Wings. One more time, everybody say Roots and Wings. And the whole heart of this series, the heart of this series has been to challenge us uh, as it pertains to honoring our past, right? And the pioneers that went before us, especially today on Father's Day, we can specifically talk about even the parental experience that we have. For those of us who were honored to have actual fathers present in our lives, praise God for that. For those who may have not had literal uh, flesh and blood fathers, but may have had mentors, mentorship, men in your life that you could look up to, you know, praise God for that. Anybody glad that those types of people exist as well? You know, I'm just so glad that there are examples in our lives, you know, but the fact of the matter is we've been talking about the importance of honor and uh, standing on a strong and building from a strong foundation. But not only this, but we've also been talking uh, with this about the importance of having wings and being in the place of being able to have freedom, being fr having freedom, uh, building from a strong foundation. And so today I wanna continue by jumping into uh, this passage. We've been looking at the, at the story of Joshua and the fact that he has been transitioning into a new role of leadership after walking with Moses. And he doesn't forget about what it is that Moses has shared with him. He doesn't forget about the, the things that he learned that he experienced while under the tutelage of Moses, the mentorship of Moses. He was there and he experienced a lot of incredible things. And Moses, as a result of his error, was unable to complete the journey. And so Joshua takes over. So he goes on and he memorializes Moses, for not, not for his mistakes, but for the incredible things that Moses did. And he makes sure that even though he's leading these people in a new role, that he's leading them with an understanding that their heritage and what it is that they were going into was not something that started with him. Come on, somebody. 
but it, there are some deep roots that were below that which he was getting ready to lead the people of God into into the land of Canaan and so uh, I love it because when I'm thinking about roots and wings I had no choice as I was thinking about this message today the Lord just brought to my mind a plant everybody say a plant and a plant is a paradox a plant is a paradox because a plant when you think about it it is something that is rooted yet and still growth takes place who's with me on this morning it's planted it has roots it has something that is holding it down yet and still even though there's something that is holding it down it still experiences growth it still moves it still experience it, it doesn't just even though it's in the same place it still can go to another level come on somebody this morning and when you're thinking about roots and wings as I shared with you it seems oxymoronic because how in the world can something have roots and also still be in a position where it is flying or where it is having movement. And when you think about our generation today, it's powerful because we don't often think that being rooted and moving forward are synonymous. And I love it because a plant flies in the face of that entire concept. This, for example, is an aloe plant. It's an aloe plant. It's something that is rooted. And the incredible thing about this aloe plant is that although it has roots which are necessary for it to be able to stay rooted and not be tossed to and fro when wind comes. Who's going to stay with me on this morning? It's not going to be easily taken out of, uh, knocked off its balance. It's not going to be to the place where it's ripped up easily because of its roots. But even though this is the case, it still can grow. And it's still, not only this, watch this, it has wings in that what's in this aloe plant actually has the capability of healing people and bringing aid and being a bomb to a people who may be in a place of distress. How many of you, when you were little, you may have had a scratch or something and your mother, especially if you come from a beige house law like mine, right? my grandmother would break off one of these things here and just put the stuff on cuts y'all don't know what i'm talking about okay because there's healing agent there's a healing agent come on somebody so even though it's rooted oh i feel this preach even though it's not going nowhere even though it has a firm foundation it still has the ability to grow and it still has the capability to go beyond itself to be able to heal are you seeing where I'm going with this thing this morning? So when it is that I'm thinking about, when we're thinking today about roots and wings and we're talking today about being planted and this concept of honor and having a strong foundation yet still being free to do what it is that God has called you to, this is an imperative concept because we have to realize that just like this plant is a paradox, we as believers are called to be anomalies as well. That when people look at us, it flies in the face of the culture that we live in today. Can I give you point number one? Because contrary to popular opinion, here's point number one. We've got to, here it is, position yourself to be planted. It's up on the screen for you. Progressive and prosperous simultaneously. The culture that we're in today teaches us that it's this or. That it's impossible for you to be rooted and planted and still have freedom. Come on, somebody. 
But the Bible teaches us, and the word of God teaches us, that just like the plant is a paradox or an anomaly in that it's rooted, yet it still has growth and it can go beyond itself. Think about a fruit tree, how a tree, a fruit tree, literally grows out of a seed and it has strong roots, but yet it has fruit that can go beyond itself. This, this is indicative of the fact that God has called us to be individuals that have strong roots so we're not tossed to and fro by every wind and everything that comes our way but we also are to the place where we have wings enough that we're able to go beyond ourselves and impact those in our circle of influence and so it is possible to be all of these at the same time oh my 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 look at somebody tell them it's possible to be all of these come on tell them it's possible to be possible to be all of these you can be you can be planted and move forward simultaneously you can be planted and move forward simultaneously. The fact of the matter is this, this, this flies in the face of our non-committal culture. That's why you would rather pay $1,500 for a cell phone because you don't want to sign the two-year contract because you're like, I don't know where I'm going to be in two years. What in the world? Y'all, are y'all going to be with me today? The, the, when it comes to cell phone, man, I've been, I, my wife and I, we've had, when we lived in the States, we had AT&T for probably like a decade. Because there, the thing is, again, this non-committal culture, this one-night stand culture. Come on, somebody. Oh, can I talk about relationships? Can we deal with it on today? The fact that we don't want to commit to somebody. We just want the milk without having to buy the cow. Come on. Where we get to a place where we don't want to be in a relationship. And so you'll find people that say that they love each other and they're prepared to be married to one another. But they'll live together for years and years and years instead of making the decision to be in a place where you put a ring on it and take the next step because we want the freedom to still be able to get out the back door oh y'all don't want to be real with me today the fact is that God has not called us to this willy-nilly half-tail relationship oh y'all thought that these skinny pants and these J's was going to make me to a place where I was just going to titillate you and tickle your ears the devil is a liar I showed up to tell somebody today that God's best for us resides in commitment come on somebody I don't I want to still have my freedom. I want Yeah, you can still be free. Come on somebody and be in a place of commitment. Amen. Who's with me on today? Amen. That's why there's some of us that we don't we can't hold a job for more than a couple weeks. Because as soon as the boss tells you something that you don't like to hear. Come on somebody. Soon as the boss tells you something that you don't like to as soon as some of y'all as soon as some as soon as you break a sweat Soon you break, oh man, this is too hard. You know, I'm so glad on this Father's Day that I had an example of a father who would bust his tail and would, I had to, I posted a picture, a video of my dad this week. Uh, I went outside and my dad was out there swinging a cutlass. Y'all don't know what a cutlass is. He was out there chopping down bush with a cutlass, just chopping, chopping. He is 84 years old. And he is outside swinging a cup. I was telling him this week, I'm like, Dad, I ran 15 kilometers uh, the other day, Dad. And my dad's like, yeah, son, you know, I'm in the gym twice a week right now, you know. And he's telling me, he's like, I, I be on the, the treadmill walking, son, you know. And I do. And I see my dad. And they, I just, I'm so glad that I had an example of what hard work looks like. Come on, somebody. And this generation, wussiness. And I'm not talking about being effeminate or any of that stuff. But I'm talking about being to the place where many of us are not willing 
willing to stand up and do hard work it's because and the reason why it's being perpetuated who's going to stay with me this morning and the reason why the generations are getting this example and are becoming weaker and weaker is because we are not standing up for hard work and being in a place where we are perpetuating and postulating the importance of commitment who's with me on today that's why we have church hoppers today y'all don't want me to talk about it that's why every three years we check in with you and you're a part of a different church not because God called you to be a part of a church come on somebody not because God plugged you in to this church or to another church but because you come to where the music is the greatest or you might come to the place, not where you can go and where you can plug in and where you can serve. Can I just come for it today? Not where you, but you go, where is it that the, the pastor is titillating my ears the best? Where is it? Where is it that's the most Pentecostal or where is it that's the most seeker friendly or where is it? I don't know what your preference is, but we oftentimes in this non-committal generation lead with our preferences as opposed to God's promises and the propelling of the Holy Spirit. Because we don't realize that even in church, God can call you to a house that you might not feel comfortable and it might challenge every single one of your preferences, but you can still have freedom and have a voice within the vision. Come on, somebody. You can be to a place where you're planted in a place of discomfort, but oftentimes God calls us to grow and causes us to grow in the greatest place of our discomfort. Who's with me? I wonder if there's a witness in this place. I can tell you that the stuff that I that happened in my life, the greatest greatest growth in my life did not take place in when I was inconsistent but it happened in a place of discomfort I remember man I'm telling you I remember like I, I just shared that I, this week I jumped back in uh, to my running I ran a 7k earlier in the week I think like on Tuesday and or, or Wednesday and then by Friday I ran a 15k right just around the hood I love running running is something that I love so much I remember when I could barely run a 5k I remember when, and I remember I'd be gasping and I'm like, oh my God, I can't, and, 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 but being consistent over time, be sticking to it. Imagine if when I felt the resistance the first time, I was like, nah, fam, I can't do this no more. I'm just going to save the running for Donovan Billy and I'm just going to deal with, uh, you know, imagine if I did that. But now it's so crazy. I haven't run since the beginning of the year and I just went out, woke up in the morning and said, I'm going to run a 15K and went out and ran 15K. And it was nothing after this. And the reason why is because it took, because of the development and the consistency. Come on, somebody say consistency. Y'all don't like me today, but that's okay. I love you. Because consistency is important. There is freedom. Even when you are planted. We be jumping and changing religions. So now, now because, you know, you found out something about how white people used uh, the Bible to enslave black people, then now the Bible is wrong. So just because somebody uses something for a bad purpose, does it mean that the, that, the, that the thing is wrong in and of itself? Or does it mean that the people may have used it inappropriately or incorrectly? 
And so now we throw stuff out. We throw out the baby with the bathwater because of the fact that, can I just deal with what's happening in our generation? And lots of people leaving Christianity and throwing in the towel, not because you have facts, but because you heard something or learned something that, that may have challenged you to go and study deeper, but you decided instead of going deeper and learning more about the picture, come on somebody, that you're going to throw it out and walk into something that is far worse. Can I be real? Now we namasteing and now we, we, we're, we're healing, we're healing. Well, y'all don't want to be real with me. Now we're doing all this stuff. Now every religion is right. And now it's okay as long as there's a believer in it, amen. And we're just all, we're all up in that stuff. All because, man, I'm telling you, we just jump and we flip and we go all over the place. But I'm telling you that God is looking for some individuals who are to the place where they are willing to contend for the faith and take a stand. Come on, somebody. And the same Jesus that transformed your life years ago who am I talking to even if even if he may say some things that might fly in your face and may challenge you he is still a good God come on and the challenging thing that he allows in our lives are simply to grow us to the next level they are not to hinder us from moving forward who's with me on this morning Stop jumping religions like you change draws, man. It don't work like that. Contend and stand. Some people, add the thing that I can't stand about what these, these YouTube Christians, if your relationship with God is based on a YouTube preacher, that is not a solid foundation. And most of these YouTube preachers, they are not even connected or accountable to anybody. Don't you know that all the cults that exist out there today are absolutely filled with individuals and people a lot of times that said they were in a bush and they got a revelation from the Lord and there's nobody. Who's going to be with me today? Nobody that they're accountable to. I'm not following no individual that said they got a revelation in a bush someplace. Come on. And lots of them have millions of people following them and they've never questioned because of some psychedelic experience that these people people may have had I'm telling you I believe the word of God because it was written by over 40 authors over a 1600 year period of time on three different continents Asia Africa and Europe many of the authors never physically meeting but yet writing in harmony with one another can I talk some history this morning and yet writing in harmony and unity with one another there's prophecy that's fulfilled there are so many aspects of the word that are alive in our life today this is why I believe the Bible and a lot of individuals are putting their banking their faith on the thoughts of one person on YouTube and it's devastating because we're not rooted in anything we're just jumping all over the place following people I, I promise I'm not mad I just want to see us be to a place where we become everything that God has called us to be. You can be rooted and grounded and still be in a place of growth. Yes. Are you still with me? Yes. In fact, Jesus tells us, I love how Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 16. You can write it down and check it out later. He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and he says I called you to bring forth good fruit or to bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain 
So he tells us, he tells us that we are, because individuals, remember, we think that God, being planted means being stagnant. No, God has called us to be fruitful, and we're fruitful by being planted. The reason why some of you are not seeing the growth in your life that you want is because you're too inconsistent. Who am I talking to this morning? The fact is that the reason why the growth that you are desirous of seeing is not happening is oftentimes because you are not planted. If you're not planted, if you are not consistent, you can't expect to see the growth that God has called you and called us to. He says not only does he want us to bring forth fruit, but that our fruit should remain. Even your fruit should be consistent. Oh my, oh man. If God is causing you to bear fruit, it's going to be fruit that goes beyond yourself and it makes impact beyond yourself consistently. Am I in the book? I love, I love what the psalmist says because there are so many benefits, so many benefits to us being in a place where we're planted. Psalm chapter one, I love it, says blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And he says in the, in the Old Testament, but on the law of the Lord, or the word of the Lord, does he meditate day and night. Some of y'all wondering why it is that there's no fruit in your life, but you're meditating on Netflix day and night. But you're not putting yourself or planting yourself, come on somebody, in God's word day and night. He says, for that person... The person who is planted like a tree. Here it is, like what we're talking about today. Planted like this paradox. Planted, that person will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season. There's prosperity. Remember I told you point number one. Point number one was you got to position, put it back on the screen for me. Position yourself to be planted, progressive and prosperous. He says you'll bring forth fruit in your season. Your leaf will not wither. There's protection. Or are you seeing it? Your leaf won't wither. Because he's proverbially speaking us, uh, comparing us as a tree. And he says, and whatsoever you do will fail will prosper whatever you do will prosper what's so powerful about this is because when you're an individual that is planted in god and planted in his word holy ghost please hit this thing to take root in people's hearts hear this when you're planted in god's word what the reason why everything you do is prospering is because watch this what you're asking god for is stuff that doesn't contradict his word Oh my, what you're walking into, what you're starting, what you're building in your life is something that is in line with God's word. Remember that what preceded the whatsoever he do, does shall prosper happened. It preceded by saying that if you are planted like a tree by the rivers of what in God and in God's word and a lot oftentimes the reason why we're not seeing this growth that happens in our life is because we're not planted in God and his word who's with me this morning oh man I hope this is helping somebody and so this is why there are benefits this is why I talk about position yourself to be planted you can be planted you can be progressive everybody say progressive you can be progressive you can still move forward even while you're planted there's some of you that God has told you to plant at serve city to be here your time to serve 
and you've been coming with a consumer mentality. Haven't you've gotten saved and you haven't invited anybody else to come to Christ since you since you've been saved. You got baptized. You haven't been leading. Jesus did not save you to be to a place where you just attend church. This ain't Walmart. Come on. This is not Burger King. You don't show up and order a number 10 and get dissatisfied when you get a fish fillet instead of a Whopper. This is you can't. This is that's not the design of the church. God has called the church to be a place that is a launch pad or a release, a place where you are released into destiny and purpose. You should show up on a Sunday and get charged and get uh, and get on fire to go out and to do the work of the Lord and point other people to Jesus. Are you with me? I came to challenge your faith. That's what this whole series is about on today. Because God is calling some of you to serve and you have been being disobedient and wondering why it is that you are not experiencing life transformation in your life. God is calling you in, especially for those of you who say Serve City is home. And there are many of you, because we want to start this in our new stint, in this new building, in this new facility. We got to bring, we got to start from a strong foundation. Many saying, I love Surf City and I think Surf City is a great place and I love what God is doing, but you don't give anything to church. You come and you get from church and you say, and this does not have to do with people who are visiting or who are new here. Feel no pressure. Don't take this the wrong way. But there are those of you who say Surf City is home and you tip Jesus like a bad waiter. And you don't give him anything for the work, for his work to advance. Oh, I hear the Holy Ghost. I just want, I want to call somebody today to be to a place where I challenge your faith. The Bible says where your, tre- where your heart is, is where your treasure is. And if you say you love the house and you're planted in the house, a part of being planted is also giving and planting financially and consistently in the house. Are you with me? Oh, it might be tight, but it's right. And so we got to be to a place where we position ourselves to be planted, progressive and prosperous. But, you know, so when we're talking about moving forward, I had no choice but to jump in in this series to Joshua chapter 24. Because as we continue through the life of Joshua, Joshua and them are in the place now where they've led all of these conquests. They are now in the land that God has promised them. They got into Canaan. They, they dealt with the mandem at Jericho. They, over, they, they, they dealt with all of these various things in I and all these different lands that they experienced transformation and they, were, they won uh, against the enemies of God. And they've now gone into Canaan. And Joshua, he finds as he's coming towards the end of his life, he challenges them and he calls them as I'm calling you right now. Serve City, we've experienced God in an incredible way over the past two years. We have seen over 160 people make decisions to follow Jesus. We have baptized a multitude of those people. Come on, somebody. And the Lord asked me, what have the people done with the people that I've already sent? What have you done? How are these people growing? Are you creating an environment that is swelling with growth? You know that swelling often is indicative of sickness. Just because something is big does not mean that it's healthy. 
And God started challenging me. You got to start challenging the people. It's time to call them deeper. Joshua shows up in Joshua 24 and he says, look, you all have experienced the miraculous work of God. You have experienced the miraculous work of God. We are in a building that is our own permanent facility. Oh, y'all are. You've experienced the miraculous work of God. And he says, so now that you've experienced all this stuff, watch this. He says in verse 14 of Joshua 24, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him. You know, you would think that he wouldn't have to say this, but he still has to say this. Serve him with sincerity and in faithfulness, put away the gods of your fathers. They are still in a position where they are serving false gods, even though they've experienced God parting the Jordan River to the place where they had stones that they were able to pick up off the dry ground and bring and put up as a memorial. They're, he's telling, he's still admonishing them. Says, he says, put away the gods of your fathers. Serve beyond the rivers in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in the land you will you dwell. So peep this. So he challenges them and he calls them to a deeper level of commitment. He challenges them to throw away. He says, you're standing on strong roots. Now the conquests that I have led also have been added to this you've seen God do the miraculous time and time again and so he says in this moment do not go back to the waste worship that you were dealing with before you got here the things of the past right do not inherit them and bring them into this new place Oh, are you with me? He says, now you're in Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey that was promised. What are you going to do with it? And he challenges them in that moment to, to choose whom they will serve. And there are many of you, just even on a practical level, outside of a spiritual one, the fact is that, that you, from your past, the, the habits that your fathers, even on Father's Day, or even your mothers, or your mentors, or those that you followed, they may have blazed or set a trail that was not a good one. And yes, we do not memorialize them because of their mistakes. But even in terms of we need to deal with what the, the mistakes of the past of our roots, we need to deal with them in a wise and a godly fashion. Who's with me? Can I give you point number two? Watch this. Use the mistakes of the generations past as fertilizer towards growing a strong future. Use the mistakes of generations past as a fertilizer towards growing a stronger future. So watch this. The thing is this. We don't, the, the stuff that grows things that we even eat today is a lot of it in the soil is manure. Oh man. And it's crazy how manure is used to fertilize even things that we eat today. 
And so the fact of the matter is, watch this, yeah, what happened, because some of y'all are saying, oh, I can't follow my roots because of what has happened. I can't, you know, build from my roots because I didn't have a dad or because he, I, I grew up in a horrible position, drugs and, and, and alcoholism and all of these things were the things that, I, that are a part of my past or a part of my roots. Well, even those things can be used as fertilizer. To grow a stronger future. Come on. God has not called you to perpetuate the things of your past. But he has called you to use them as fertilizer. Yes, it's crap. Yes, it's dung. Yes, it's mess. But let God use it to grow something incredible. If I can grow vegetables and eat them out of manure. Guess what? My past can even be used as a foundation to build a stronger future. Yes, alcoholism might have been in the past. But God is saying being sob sobriety is going into my future. Come on, somebody. God's going to grow some sobriety. Yes, anxiety and, and, uh, and poverty might have been in the past. But God can use that as roots to, to fertilize my roots so that I can grow a strong future of prosperity. Yes, godlessness may have been a part of my past. Yes, we, we may have been superstitious and served and practiced obia and witchcraft and voodoo. But we can declare just like Joshua did in this verse. As for me and my house, who's with me this morning, we will serve the Lord and God can grow a stronger future with the fertilizer from the past. Because somebody like I want to discard it. No, you can even use it. Learn from it. Who's with me on this morning? So, so the fact of the matter is, you know, this is how we use it. We use the mistakes of generations past as a fertilizer. He calls their attention to the past and he says, hey, you know, you're at a place now. You're at a crossroads. Even after, because how many of you know that just because someone experiences the miracles of the Lord, this does not mean that they're going to continue serving the Lord. Oh, can I just help somebody? Because somebody, you know what? This is what we do. We show up and we say stuff like, if Jesus was still walking on the earth today, then I would follow him. If Jesus is real, then why don't he show up and show himself to me? Let me tell you, can I let you in on a little secret? He did that before. <laughs> he showed up the first time. He even did it miraculously. He showed up just as it was prophesied of him in the book of Isaiah. Who am I talking to? It was prophesied of him in the book of Isaiah. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be on his shoulders. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. A virgin shall conceive and be with child. It was prophesied and he shows up and does all of it. Then he walks through the earth. He opens blind eyes. Come on. John chapter 9. He, 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 he heals a guy at Bethesda in John chapter 5. Who was, who was bound and who was lame. You know, he, he did all of these things in person. He raised Lazarus from the dead. Who's with me this morning? He himself died. Can I talk about the gospel? He was put on a cross. Come on. He was pierced in his side. He was whipped by a cat of nine tails. They hung him on a cross. They put a crown of 72 thorns in his head. He died and was put in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, got up from the grave. Psalm seen by over 500 people. First Corinthians chapter 15 lets us know. And yet and still, they doubted his existence. 
So you have to realize, even if he was walking around here and doing miraculous things, that don't mean that you're going to believe in him. It always has been by faith. Come on, somebody. And no matter how much things get together, you got to be rooted and grounded in faith. Come on, somebody. And I talked to you about the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11 a few weeks ago. They were remembered not for their mistakes, not for their surety or them being in a place where they had it all together, but they were remembered because they had unwavering faith in their God. So seeing it doesn't always equal to believing. Who's with me on this morning? So this, this is why we've got to be to a place where, you know, we are trusting and we're putting faith in God and our faith is not wavered because notice he's challenging these people who have experienced God's miraculous power and he's still calling them saying, are you going to serve God? Are you going to continue serving these waste you gods? And then look at what he says here in the text. I love it. It says, and if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day who you will serve. In other words, you got to be to a place where you make the decisions for yourself. Who am I with? Who's with me this morning? You got to make the decision. God does not like being lukewarm. But he calls us to be to a place where we are decisive, where we make a decision. Come on. It's all it's it, he's not looking for half tailing. He would rather you be all the way cold and or all the way hot than being in a place of being lukewarm. And so so watch this. I love it because Joshua, it's incredible. He uses the roots and he talks about it and it's something that we can grow from and as I was using this example of the plant it's something that we can grow from even though we're in a place of being planted we can still grow and this is the beauty of it and so there are many people watch this because this calls this 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 calls to us as individuals who are leaders and parents and mentors we have a responsibility to be in a place where just like Joshua is challenging the generations that are around him and he, even though he is coming to an older place in his life and talks about his death and all of this, Joshua, he challenges these people in his midst to go to the next level. He is not saying, look, I made mistakes and you know, and as a result, you can't do it because I wasn't able to do X, Y, or Z. No, Joshua is challenging people and he's encouraging this generation and this in, these individuals to make a choice to follow God. In other words, he's pushing them forward in, uh, instead of allowing the past to hinder them back. Can I give you my last point? Yeah. Point number three, here it is. Our roots should be a runway, not a driveway. Our roots should be a runway, not a driveway. In other words, God has called us talking about, especially this is Father's Day. You may not have a natural father or you may have a natural father or you may be a natural father or you may be a mentor or you may be being called to be one, but you are not being obedient. Come on, somebody. And there is a generation and there are people in your life that need directorship and mentorship and leadership and you are not providing it for them. But you and I are called to be people that point the next generation, that propel them. It's supposed to be a runway. Our roots and the roots that we provide are supposed to push people into purpose and destiny, not park them up in the driveway where they halt and they are in a place. And I wrote it out this way. Watch this. It says uh, we should make it a, pr a priority to push and not paralyze the next generation. 
Because many of us, we try to hinder people. We hinder people. We hinder the next generation because of where we are. And some of us, you may be, you may be in a place where you're like, oh, my dad was too good. I can never amount to that. Sometimes when I look at my dad and I think about all that he's been through, and I'm like, man, how can I ever amount to that? And God says, you know what? That's just supposed to be an example to push you forward, not to be something that paralyzes you and hinders you because I still, I want to do great stuff in your life as well. Are you with me on this morning? And so as leaders and mentors and even parents, stop hindering your children or stop trying to live vicariously through them and pulling them back. Come on, because of what you wanted to see happen in your life and because you couldn't see it happen in your life, then you don't want them to succeed. Man, I've been in stories. I remember uh, Reverend Atkins, who's preached here before, he told me, he's like, man, I was in villages where because kids, he would go and preach to, in Africa to tons and tons of people. He said, one time I met a girl and I cast the devil out of this girl who was demon possessed watch this and this is what she would do all day she would rip up textbooks and just eat the paper she just rip up textbooks and books and just eat the paper just stay there eating the paper and nobody could break her out of this trance and and uh, he cast the devil out of her in that moment and she was free from doing that after doing it for a long time because her parents they didn't she decided that she wanted to go to school and her parents didn't want her to progress and so what they did was they they got they paid the witch doctor and the witch doctor put a spell on her so that she would eat textbooks and would be paralyzed and wouldn't be able to move forward Oh yeah, so that's that mess with some of y'all because you didn't even think that stuff was real. And he cast the devil out of this person because her parents had hindered her from going forward and they went to great lengths to do so because they did not want her to prosper. But God is calling for a generation. Come on, write down Titus, Titus chapter 2 verse 1 through 8 where it talks about how older men and elder men, you are needed. Come on, that their responsibility is to pour into the young men and be individuals that push them into the future instead of being in a position where they are holding them back. And he says even older women women that you're supposed to teach younger women what it means to be godly women not be slaves to much wine but be individuals that teach them about holiness and godliness who am I feeling like in this place because some of you guys the reason why you won't push anybody forward is because you're threatened you feel threatened because you don't want them to go as far as you have gone. But the fact of the matter is you've got to be to the place where you understand that the progression of those after us should affirm our strength, not depreciate our self-worth. The fact that that which came from you goes further than you did should not make you feel that you are not worth it. But it should say, hey, look, God gave me such strength that I can provide support for the next generation to where it can grow and impact even greater than I did. Man, I want my sons to go further than I do. I want my sons, I want all the spiritual sons and daughters that are under my leadership to grow and be to a place where they walk in to everything that God has called them. Too many pastors, insecure, come on somebody, and hindering people from growing, having a front row just full of preachers and nobody walking into purpose and destiny. Y'all don't want to be real with me. But I want to see each and every single one of you walk into destiny and purpose. Come on somebody. And I give God glory for the ability to be able to provide some roots to push you into your potential and your future are you with me Jesus says we're not in the theater no more y'all 
I could preach for another three hours if I want. I'm not going to do it though, but Jesus says to his disciples, I love it. He's the greatest example. John 14, 12. He says, to tell his disciples before he bounces, greater works. Look at somebody, tell them greater works, greater works, greater in fact, say, go, go, go find two people. To, go, go find two people. Give them a high five. Tell them greater works. Come on, move. Go, 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 go. Go ahead and move. Tell them greater works, greater works, greater works, greater works. Come on. Tell them greater works. Greater works. He says, greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. Oh, this is Jesus, y'all. This is the man that opened blinded eyes. This is the man that raised people from the dead. This is the man that died and rose again and paid for the sins of mankind. And no, he's not saying you're going to do better works than me, but he's saying in scope and in scale because of the roots that I have laid out. I'm not jealous. Come on. I'm not threatened by you. Yes, I'm still the savior of the world, but I want to see what comes from me and what comes after me. Go to a new level of glory. Go to a place where there are millions that are saved as opposed to just the ones that were there on the earth with him when he was there he says greater works one more time shout greater works he wasn't threatened but he tells his disciples that you will do greater works because his roots were meant to be a runway not to be a driveway i end when i think about this as joshua says this it's nuts to me because i'm thinking about the fact that i remember my, my, uh, my, my ministry anniversary is September 22nd, 2004 is when I got licensed to preach. I was, that was, uh, how many years ago? I don't remember. Like 15 years ago this year. 15 years ago this year. September 22nd. And I'll never forget, I got invited to an event at People's Church. Um, an event for pastors here in the city. And it was nuts. I went to this event on my ministry anniversary. It was about two years ago. And I'll never forget, man, going through there. I went and I looked. I looked at the, uh, at the wall. They had this big mural on the wall. And so I'm a visual person. I love art. And so I said, let me go and look at this artwork. When I go and I look at the artwork, I see a picture and a storyline of this individual by the name of Oswald J. Smith. Everybody say Oswald J. Smith. My family and I had recently at that point relocated from California to back to Canada to plant this church. And as I looked at the story of Oswald J. Smith, as I looked at the story of Oswald J. Smith, I was to the place where I saw that he went to school in the Midwest. I went to school in the Midwest. Not only did he go to the school in the Midwest, but then he moved over to the LA area. I lived in the LA area. And while he was in the LA area, he got a call. He sensed the call of God to come back home to Canada because he wanted to be involved in church planting. And he planted the people's church which is now a church of thousands and thousands of people that is making impact here in the city. And he also was a songwriter. He wrote hymns and he was passionate about music. 
and he went around the world and was involved massively in church planting after establishing a hub here in the city and let me tell you I just wept because I sensed it was so strategic that God showed me that if you know who I am and you know my story all of those things are so similar to me and when I looked at that I didn't look at it and see and get the air that oh the thing that God has put in your heart it's already been done somebody already been there done that you think that was my approach to seeing that when I saw that I felt like wow it was confirmation I got some shoulders to stand on Oswald J Smith even though I never got to meet him God rest his soul is an individual that is some strong shoulders that I get to stand on that God used to exemplify what it is that he wants to carry on and continue here through Surf City and there are others as well and so I don't know who you are in this place but look at what he says in the text after Joshua charges them this is the end here he says choose who you're gonna serve are you gonna serve the gods of your fathers or are you gonna serve the God of the, the God who delivered us and all of this and he says I know what y'all are gonna do but he says as for me and my house oh somebody go with me this morning he says, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. And so my brothers and my sisters, I don't know what type of person you are. I don't know what you showed up with. Some of you, you may feel like, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm already serving the Lord. I'm telling you, every single one of us has another step to take to go deeper in our relationship and our encounter with God and our use of God. And I call on you today. And I ask you, who is it that you're going to serve? Some of you have been in a place where you need deliverance. You need repentance. You need to get to the next level. And you need to make the decision today. As for me and my house, even if my house is just me and my little bonsai tree in the corner. Me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. 